we welcome you back to Open Court with Fairfield basketball coach Chris Casey, along with the coach, I'm Bob Huesler, joined by my broadcast partner, the former Fairfield great, the Hall of Famer Joe DeSantis. Our special guest today, we welcome back to the podcast, the reigning Mac Player of the Week, second time he's won this award, Jalen Leach, and we welcome to the podcast for the first time, Stag's first-year assistant, Glenn Breika. Stags at the moment, first place team, half a game in front of a Quinnipiac with three games to go in the regular season. Tough game Friday at Maris, followed by the last two games of the regular season, home finale versus Canisius and the season finale at Mount St. Mary's. Chris, you had characterized this most recent part of the schedule as the time of year when you have to grind it out. You've done that. You've won six of your last seven. Now you'd make the turn into March. The stakes are higher. MAC tournament is only a couple of weeks away, and you have these three big regular season games still to go. So how would you characterize this particular part of the Fairfield season? Well, I'll tell you exactly what we called it. Uh, we called it the takeoff portion of the schedule now. Um, you know, we discussed that, that and, and I think it's true. That's the time of the year that you really have to grind because – you know, the season is long, uh, bodies are beat up a little bit, uh, you may be missing a couple guys here and there due to injury or sickness, and the games still get played, the games are still going on, uh, so you really have to grind that part of it out, and that's what really good teams will do, and then other teams down during that portion will kind of give into it, and they'll fall off a little bit, or they'll, they'll play well and then play poorly, and and that's not what we wanted to be. So we, we really stressed that grind part of the schedule, and I thought the guys did an outstanding job of, of handling it. And, and now this is the portion of the schedule where you have to be playing your best basketball. Uh, you know, the finish line is in sight, and uh, you've gotten it to a point where it could be a, a, a great finish, and now you've got to amp it up a little bit more, even more effort, even more enthusiasm, even more energy, even more production, and, and we're calling that the takeoff phase now. That's what we're in. We want to just, we really just want to take off individually and collectively as a team. Coach Breika, you must wake up some mornings and, and wonder, is this really all happening? And we'll get into your story a little bit more in depth during the podcast. But um, you got this job in October, pretty much out of the blue. How much has it, the experience exceeded what you thought it might have been when you accepted the job? Well, to be honest with you, Bob, you know, obviously I was very excited when Chris uh, called me when the whole thing broke. It came out of nowhere, as you said, and I was extremely excited to get up here. Um, when I came to the first practice, to be honest with you, half the team was injured. We had guys on scooters, crutches, you name it. <laughs> so, you know, Case took over a very difficult situation, and we really didn't start getting guys back for a couple of weeks, so it, it took a while. Um, and I, I remember the first – I think we got up here on a Thursday, and we scrimmaged Brian on a Saturday, and we basically had a skeleton team. And I, I was thinking to myself, how are we going to win a game? You know, but then guys started to come back, you know, slowly but surely and, and – Coach did a great job of keeping everything together and keeping everything positive through some very difficult times. I mean, we started one and six. We've won, I think, 17 out of 21 now, and that's a credit to him and the kids. Um, I thought we had talent. You know, even that first scrimmage, I don't know if Jalen remembers this, but after the scrimmage, I went up to him and I said, hey, I said, you 
a first-team All-League player. And he, he was looking at me, and I don't know if he really believed me, but he's kind of proved me right as the season's gone on. And, you know, he's been a pleasure to coach. And uh, the whole team is – it's just – coach created an environment where they're very together. It, it's probably as unselfish a group as I've ever been associated with. They really – they truly believe in each other. They're happy for each other. There's no animosity. Some of them, as Jalen has, have had great success. It hasn't changed them at, at all. And uh, it's just been a really, really fun year for me. It's been a whirlwind. You know, it's it's kind of coach called me on a Tuesday. I think we were up here Thursday. Thursday never yeah. looked back. Two days. But I've had an incredible time up here and just a great group of guys. And obviously the coach, one of my best friends, is outstanding. Yeah, we'll get into that in a little bit. As I said, we'll explore your story and how where you came from and where you're at right now. But I know Joe wanted to jump Yeah, in. you know, uh, Glenn, I've known you for a long time. And, you know, I've used to bust your chops about being you being in Brooklyn your whole life or in New York City that you don't have a driver's license. <laughs> So I was kind of wondering how you got up here. But there's rumor that your picture was on a Metro card. <laughs> Is that true? No. Um, so where were you? And I don't know if I'm jumping the gun. Okay. Where were you when you got the call? And were you expecting this? or? No, not at all. I was actually, I was, you know, Bashir Mason is, you know, was in the league with us at, uh, of course. at in the NEC. W- he was a friend of mine. Right. And uh, he was trying to create a position for me at St. Peter's. And I thank him so much for that. But I know he was going out of his way for it. You know, mm. it wasn't something that was really available, and he was trying to, you know, figure something out. And I told him, I said, look, let me go. I'm going to go down to Florida and visit my dad. There's a JUCO event. Let me go take a look over there. Don't hire me yet, I, you know, because it wasn't going to be, a, you know, whatever. And uh, I'm walking in Jupiter, Florida, on the beach. Mm. And my former assistant, Andy Johnston, calls me. And he says, did you hear what happened at Fairfield? I said, what? What happened? Hmm. He goes, he goes, Case just got named the head coach. I said, what? I said, what are you, crazy? So, you know, I texted Case, congratulations, best of luck, you know. And then he called me back. And um, I said, wow. I said, I'm, I'm in Florida. I can't get up there right now. <laughs> you know, give me a couple of days. So, um, you know, got home, came up here, and, you know, I've never looked back. It was just totally out of the blue. And, you know, I'm very thankful that Coach thought of me. And uh, it's been a great opportunity. I, I really saw myself possibly not coaching this year. So to go from not coaching and after what happened last year, you know, with mm-hmm. the program closing mm-hmm. down, um, to be in a situation like this and to have so much success has been just a lot of fun. And we'll be following up with Glenn and getting more into what his specific role is with this Fairfield team. We're also going to circle back to Jalen, of course, and talk with him in depth. But uh, first, Chris, I just wanted to go over some checklist items with you. Uh, First thing is um, you're going from a stretch of four games in 10 days to which was, as you said, a grind. And now you have two games over the next 11 days, a little bit more spaced out, a little bit more time on the practice floor, how does that change your approach to your work schedule uh, over this next, say, roughly two weeks? Yeah, I think what it allows us to do is just get the guys a little bit more time off. You know, I I felt all year we've never had a toughness problem. We've never had a competition problem with our team. So there's been no need at all to grind that mentality into guys. And, um, you know, I'll use that time, and we'll practice, and we'll practice hard when we go. 
but when I can get them some time off or I can cut practice time back a little bit, you know, to save on legs, I want to do that, you know, because I want guys to feel good going into games. So that's probably what, what comes a little more into play than when you have a number of games in a shorter span. Uh, you start finding ways to do that and j- just save minutes off their legs. Uh, but it's a balancing act. You know, Joe knows this from doing it, and so does Glenn. You, you still have to get done what you need to get done, and you still have to stay sharp in the areas that you want to be sharp. And uh, fortunately, guys have really responded to that well. And, um, you know, so this upcoming time, we'll, we'll, we'll get some time off, but we'll also, you know, get done what we need to get done on the court. And, um, you know, we'll use the time to get better where it's necessary, and then we'll use the time also to get our keep our bodies fresh and our minds fresh. Let me uh, ask Jalen to jump in on that. How much better are you uh, at gauging your own physical well-being right now? You've been around. This is your fourth year with the program. Uh, how much wiser are you in knowing exactly how to pace yourself at this time of year? You've been going hard since August. Now you here you are in March, so there's a little bit of a gear shift here. How do you handle it? Um, well, I'd, I'd say like my first couple years, I really didn't really think about much about like after practice, like taking care of your body, getting treatment, coming extra time, stretching like that. So um, a lot of my teammates do a good job of um, setting a good example for me in that sense uh, over the years. So I've just been taking care of my body, talking to the trainers every day, and it's helped me this season for sure and Chris I said I wanted to go over that checklist stuff I wanted to do it by looking at the previously injured players who have now returned uh, I'm going to ask you about three of them starting with uh, Lex Alexis Yetna who has now played six games since getting on the floor for the first time in a couple of years um, measure his progress for us uh, where is he at now as he gets ready for game number seven compared to where he was when he took the floor for the first time. He got a dunk today, Jay, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he, he, it's his first one. He got off the ground, he faked the handoff, <laughs> drove it right to the rim and dunked it. That's so, progress. Yeah, that, it's a lot of progress. So, uh, you know, I, he's – I don't talk much with him about his progress. You know, I may throw in a, hey, how you feeling today? Or, But what I've said to him is, listen, you, you – uh, He's always on a team in practice that has a substitution situation for him. So I tell him, hey, just because he's not, he's a, he's a guy that works. So I'm not concerned about that part of it at all. So I, I tell him, hey, listen, just, you know, when, when you need to be in and you want to be in, you're in. And when you feel ready to sub yourself out because you need a minute, do that. Um, and he, he's done that. And, um, you know, he, he's, so I don't really look at the progress part of it as much as I want him to just play not worrying about that. You know, I want him to just play and 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 play uh, with energy and effort. And if you do those things, that progress is going to come and his legs are going to get under him. That's going to come. And it's starting to come a little bit now. His minutes were a little down in the Quinnipiac game. Um, I thought that was a really fast game. Um, so there were parts of it that maybe uh, he I didn't help him by having him in there. Uh, and then there were parts of it where it would have been better for him to sit for a minute. Um, he was really good against Siena. He was really good previous to that. And he's just going to keep getting better and better. And we're fortunate. We got three guys up there in that position with Barima, with Peyton, and him. 
the three of them are for each other. They're they're not concerned about you know who's who's out there. They they're just rooting for each other, and it's making their their individual games better. And um, you know, Lex is certainly going to be a big part of what we do down the stretch. I'm always about. I always default to the older guys, you know, to the more experienced guys. That's what I default to, you know, while the game's in progress because I think those guys have been through it and they, they know what to do. Um, so he'll be a guy that, you know, at times will default to because he's been around and he's accomplished a lot. And, you know, as he gets his legs under him more and more as we get into the last two, three weeks of this season, he's going to play a big role for us. Wanted to ask you about another one of those bigs uh, who – gives you the luxury of mixing and matching at that five position. That's Peyton Smith, who uh, turned his ankle pretty badly at uh, that game at Iona on February 2nd and recently came back. And I we thought that the game against Siena was the best he's looked since then. He looked like he wasn't worried at all about holding back and looked more in the flow. So uh, in terms of just where he is physically right now and um, green lighting him as far as just full systems go uh, how would you characterize his, him being where he is right now yeah I think he's good um you know his his health is fine I think you know it, when you come back from an injury and, and Jalen can attest to this because he's done such a good job of battling through so much just because you're cleared now and the injury's over doesn't mean you are what you were before the injury happened it takes a minute it takes it takes practice reps it takes game reps you maybe lose a little bit of the speed of the game. You maybe lose a little bit of the edge that you have. So it takes a minute to come back from that. And then in his situation, you add to that that he's only a freshman and he's never really been injured. So it's his first go-round with that kind of situation. Uh, but I really thought he he had his legs under him uh, in the at Siena game. Uh, his ball screen coverage was very good. He ran the floor uh, a couple times really well. You know, you see some of those threes we made in transition in that game. If you watch the film, a, a few of those threes happened because he or Barima or Lex were rim running. And when you rim run hard like that, you draw two guys, the, the big that you outran, and then the guard that's got to pick you up at the rim, and that leaves perimeter shooters open. So uh, he, he put us in that situation a couple times. So he looks good. And uh, what he's got to figure out now is obviously with Lex back and with Barima back, it's to our advantage. Go in there, play hard four minutes, next guy. Go in there, play hard four minutes, next guy. And he's got to figure out now how to be productive in that type of situation as opposed to, okay, we have nobody, so you're on the floor for 35 minutes. You know, And he will. He will because he approaches it the right way. And the final guy on this checklist is Louis, Louis Bleachmore, who um, – he got hurt, I think it was January 19th at St. Peter's, came back several games later. He has been playing through aches and pains, tough guy, so you know he's going to gut it out. But he he looks like he's back to almost full speed. Is he? And why don't you address some of the things that he, he does that maybe are unsung, the things that maybe you don't notice, uh, as we like to say, in the box score? Yeah, he um he's close. He's close to being – being uh, fully healthy, and um, yeah, he was, I don't know if you guys saw this, but when you looked at the box, he was a plus 28 in that Siena game. Wow. Um, he had our highest plus minus in that game. Um, so he's close to being back, and, and we're happy about that because he just, you know, he has more athleticism to the lineup, more scoring. He can make a perimeter shot. He can drive the ball. He rebounds. 
so he adds to our rebounds. Uh, the thing I love the most about him is flexibility defensively. You can X him on to anybody, and he can guard, and he can keep guys in front of him, and he can defend the post. So th there's a big advantage to that. Uh, and then offensively, you know what he's really gotten good at? If you watch him in the last couple games, we get to a middle ball screen situation, and um, we either slip out of it or roll hard out of it and pulls the defense in, and he's the fill guy a lot. And when the ball gets thrown back to him, he has a, a, a knack for just getting that quick reversal off it. And now the defenders that have been drawn in by, by the middle ball screen have to now close out to that wing. And it's been Jalen, it's been Bryson a couple times, and it's just like quick reversal and raise up three. And um, it's created that situation a little bit. So he does a whole bunch of things that, you know, maybe you don't see in a box score because they're not a statistical number. Uh, but his having him healthy that 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 increases our our ability to defend and our ability to score the basketball a lot. Mentioned that I would uh, steer it back to Glenn here and talk about your specific role with this team, Coach. So you get the job, and how was it presented to you? What did Coach Casey say to you? This is what I'm looking for you to do as part of this staff. Your specific resp specific responsibilities. Well, you know, I don't think we really kind of outline I mean w myself and, and coach have worked together in the past at two different schools so we kind of know each other very well and you know I was just thankful for the opportunity he gave me and and the, the chance that I could maybe help him in some small way uh this year and uh I got up here I used to tease guys and say you know I got to bring a little bit of Brooklyn up here mm -hmm. in Fairfield <laughs> County but uh you and know, you I don't did. know what they make of and us. And you but did. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, just kind of, you know, trying to, you know, fit in and be part of the team. And, and you know, it's a great group of guys. Like it, You know, he's a tremendous example of what we have on the team. I mean, Jalen's an outstanding human being. Forget it, he's a terrific basketball player, uh, but just a great guy to coach. And, uh, you know, like I said, to be able to do it with Case and to come up here and have some success at, at a wonderful place. People have been very nice. You guys have been great. It's just been fun. I mean, I could be sitting home right now on my couch. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm thankful to be up there. I can't thank Coach enough, and I can't thank the players enough for taking us on this ride. And he, he was thrown into an extremely difficult situation. And, you know, what he's been able to do here, and, and I think Jalen can attest to this, is – is is just you know I don't know what to say it's it's just outstanding. Well, I can tell you this: I talked to uh, Chris uh, very shortly after he got the job, and he told me what he intended to do. I don't know if you had spoken to Glenn yet, but I remember you he telling might have told me. Told you before he told me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the first well, first guy I hesitate. called, like there was no hesitation. It was right. the first guy I was calling, hands down. I mean. Why? That's what well, I wanted to ask I'll you. give you a couple reasons. First of all, uh, he's a terrific basketball coach. Uh, he's been in this a long time. Uh, his knowledge base of basketball, his ability to teach the game, to relate to the players, uh, it's outstanding. And then, you know, past that and, and his coaching ability is the fact that he's, he's a better person. So outstanding coach, but better person. He's always been a great friend. And, you know, this is hard. You know, Joe knows this from doing it. it th this level of, of college basketball is hard, and, and it's a grind. And you have to have good people with you. You have to have uh, loyal people, uh, hardworking people, resilient people. 
Um, and, and Glenn is all that and more. And there was literally no hesitation. I, I was calling him immediately and asking him to get up here, you know, as soon as he could. Now, I'm, I'm fortunate and very happy that he accepted. You know, it's not easy to go from a head coaching role um, and then now assimilate into a program that you didn't have any summer in, you didn't have any preseason workout in, you're getting tossed right into practice. And now you got to uh, adjust, you know, your, your normal routine and your, how you coach to that situation. And uh, that's not easy to do, and he's done a great job with it. So, yeah, there was no hesitation, Bob. That, that was immediately upon, like, I had the meeting, and they asked me to take on this role. And when I walked out the door after saying yes, I immediately said I'm calling Glenn to see if he wants to come to work. We, we may have some listeners, Glenn, who are not familiar with your story. Uh, you were the longtime head coach at St. Francis, Brooklyn, and then they essentially cut your legs out from under you. They dropped all sports. And just like that, snap of a couple of fingers, the basketball program was terminated. It would be understandable if you were bitter about that situation. Were you? And did you think that – did it change your outlook toward how you think about the whole coaching profession? Um, you know, it gives you a reality check. Because, you, you know, I had a really good situation there, and I was working for people that I knew, I trusted, that I had been with for a while. Um, but it's fleeting. And um, I can't get, I, I can't say I'm bitter, bitter at anyone because I think it was a financial situation, and I, I don't think anyone there wanted this to happen. Um, you know, so I can't say I'm bitter with anyone. I, I did feel when, when it all broke, I wasn't really thinking about my next move. I was more concerned with the players and them getting schools um, and making sure they were okay. And I just feel that's, you know, your responsibility as a coach. Uh, thankfully, every one of them are, are in a decent situation. You know, it's worked out better for some more than others. Um, and, you know, you never know how that's going to turn out. But I think we did our best to get them with good people. And, and, and in good situations, or at least the best situations they could be in. Um, so once that was done, it kind of hit me more. You know, I was really busy when the whole thing broke with trying to tie up loose ends and, and, and getting our guys placed. Then kind of came June, and I'm like, oh, man, I've never done this before. I don't have anything to do, you know. It's like – so I was kind of saying, you know, to myself, maybe I'm looking forward to going around and seeing a bunch of practices this year and – seeing some different ways to do things. Uh, and then out of nowhere, this thing came up, and it was like a godsend, you know. And Your you wife know, said that too, by the way. Thank God. <laughs> What's that? Like, your wife said that too, by the way, just so you know. Like, God sent them out of the well, house. A different for me, though. I, I've, I've done some unbelievable things because I stayed in Division One basketball for a very long time, and I went east on the Brooklyn Queens Expressway, and I went west on the Brooklyn Queens <laughs> Expressway. I'd never been out of Brooklyn, like Joe says. So, um, I, I think at this point in my life, I was ready for this. I, I kind of like it up here. I, you know, I leave the hotel at, you know, a certain time, and I know it's going to take me, even though the traffic's been worse the last couple of weeks, 17 to 25 minutes to get here. In Brooklyn, Forget you could leave where you're leaving. And it could take you 25 minutes or three hours yeah. and 25 minutes. So I'm kind of <laughs> yeah. like, like that a little bit. <laughs> yeah. East being, uh, of course, uh, St. John's. Yes. And uh, <laughs> West being St. Francis. 
downtown Brooklyn. So you and Glenn have something in common, both former assistants at St. John's, Joe. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> um, I'm just curious, what happened at St. Francis to that gym, to the old gym? Did they sell the building? Yeah. You I guys think, moved. The whole school moved. Yeah, right? we played our last game in that building last November against St. Peter's. Oh, and that's then right. Of course. I had to clean out my – that was a Friday. We were leaving that. to play Miami on Tuesday, and I had to clean out my office and get it to the uh, wherever we were moving the stuff to by Sunday. So we won on Saturday, and I was cleaning out my office on Sunday, and then we were leaving to go play Miami on Tuesday. So it was kind of wow. crazy. But um, – the building is still there. They had a deal in place. The deal kind of got delayed or fell through, which probably didn't help the situation with the athletic department. Eventually, they got the building sold. Um, I was there. I still get my hair cut in that neighborhood. So I did go there a couple of weeks ago. The building is the same, so no one's done anything with it as to date, at least not from what I could see. And they've moved three or four blocks away into a new building. Jalen, I uh, wanted to ask you about uh, adapting to a new coaching staff. Um, what was that like? There's some, you know, there's an, a learning curve for you uh, in terms of a lot of things. So how did you handle it? Was there any anxiousness on your part? I mean, obviously it's something I never had to deal with in my basketball career. But uh, just Coach Casey being, you know, the one, the leader, I guess you could say, was pretty comfortable for me. I knew him. He recruited me. Like I, he was here ever since I was here, so I was pretty comfortable around him. Um, I knew a lot of people on the team. Still, people were still here. People were still bought into the team. So there wasn't a lot of concern. It was just we had a lot of adversity. It was just about bringing everything together and bringing everybody together. Has it exceeded your ex expectations in terms of how you have adapted you and the team to this new coaching staff? No, honestly, no. I feel like we have a lot of people that just want to win. That's all we really care about. And it doesn't matter what's thrown our way throughout the whole season since the summer. It doesn't matter. We just want to win, and we want, to, uh, we want everybody to do good. So the change of coaches, the change of style. But I'm more interested in the first three years you were here with all the injuries you had. Did you ever – we might have – you've been on this podcast before. We might have asked you, but have you, did you ever have any doubt in yourself? Like, did you ever say, like, this is not going to work here for me? It, everything seems to be going – now, you weren't horrible when you played, but you never really got into the flow of being the player you could be. Yeah. Um, I guess a little bit of doubt uh, at times, maybe, like, close to the surgery or after it happened, but – I have a really good support system, like Coach Casey and uh, my parents as well and friends and players I played with, and I just trust myself. I knew how good I am, and just once I got back healthy, I knew I could perform the way I'm playing. We've been talking about the coaches, and I haven't brought up the name of another new Fairfield coach, new this year, your former high school teammate, your former Fairfield Stags teammate, Taj Benning, a friend of yours. Tell us about how it is to adapt to a friend being one of your well bosses as a, as a coach <laughs> uh i mean taj being on the staff has been amazing like like you said before we know each other since high school and he's just i don't really view him as a coach per se he's just another basketball mind that's gonna help us win and he's done a great job with not just me but the other guards as well with you know bringing us after with workouts and it's made us better made me better and um he's just a familiar face that we love having every day so when he's not around do you, do you guys you like bust his chops with the other of guys course. like you got stuff on him. <laughs> all the time. We talk about Jersey basketball, we talk about Bergen and all that stuff. 
Some of that's on him, though. Oh, yeah. Jay, right? He's a little bit of an easy target. At oh, time, yeah. Right? So easy to mess <laughs> with. So it's fun. One of my favorite things is, um, and Taj does a, a great job. He's always in the gym with these guys, with, with the guards getting shots up. And uh, he spends a lot of time doing that. But one of my favorite things is in practice. Uh, seen it a couple times when uh, Taj will stop and, you know, give Jalen a little, drop a little knowledge to him. Or whatever, and mm. and Jalen will go, Okay, coach. Just a little hint of sarcasm behind it. Just a little hint. Well, Jalen, um, congratulations on your uh, second Mac Player of the Week award. Uh, for the record, um, in the games that they measured to uh, give you this award, 27 points at Quinnipiac. You had 21 points against Siena. Uh, 15 total rebounds. Stag's leading rebounder over those two games. Uh, you shot 56% from the floor. You're making three-pointers at an extraordinary rate right now. You have more total points this season, well over 400, a shot at a 500-point season, than you had in the previous three seasons combined. So this is, this is off-the-chart stuff in terms of what you're doing this season compared to the previous three seasons. And we know you dealt with injuries uh, for a good part of those first three years. So beyond the obvious, staying healthy, what would you characterize as the difference in going from where you've been to what you're doing this year? Um, I would just say I have a lot of confidence in myself. And just um, like you said, I've been playing a lot more, uh, a lot more minutes this year. And um, I'm just trusting the work that I put in, especially this summer. Uh, me and my dad were together a lot in Florida, just working out with some trainers. And um, just building off of that, building off the summer, building off the preseason workouts, and just um, I have a lot of good teammates that, you know, build a lot of confidence in me as well. So I attribute that to that. Coach Casey um, has characterized one of the amazing things about your game is your decision-making. Coach, why don't you speak to that, and then Jalen, you follow up on that and tell me about does it come natural how much does you have to coach him up to get to this point where now he can do things on the floor without really thinking about doing it when I'm talking you're talking about the decision making process yeah, but I, that I, separates him doesn't it yeah I, I think what you're referring to is our conversation before the Siena game about you know what's what's really elevated him and obviously he's he's extremely skilled he works hard his his basketball ability, his ability to do things with the ball, he can make threes, he can make mid-range, he gets to the basket. Um, you can't, in transition, you can't backpedal on him because he's going to get to the backboard and get to the rim. Uh, so all those things, you know, you know, you see. But the thing that jumps out the most to me um, about how the biggest jump he's made is how, seeing, seeing the game and his reads. His reads are outstanding to me. Um, you know, there's been times, Bob, where he, guys are defending him different ways on ball screens, and he just – he's got two defenders running into each other coming off ball screens because of some of the reads that he makes. And uh, the pass he threw to, to Lexienta in the Quinnipiac game off the dribble on a rim run one-handed, he saw that the whole way up the floor, and he I could see it on the film. He's just waiting for that right moment, you know, to throw the pass. And – that's been extremely impressive to me. Is he works? He's got a tremendous basketball ability, but just to watch the way he reads the game and reads situations, I, I think that's and a lot of it's experience because he's been through some stuff now. Um, his confidence level is extremely high, but I just I enjoy as a coach I enjoy watching that, 
and watching some of the reads he makes and the plays he makes off those reads. G. Allen, is that instinctual? It's work. You've put in the work. But how much of it is just, wow, now it's kind of, I don't even have to think about this anymore. Yeah, I'd probably say it's mostly instinctual. Um, just playing with these guys a lot more this season. Um, I kind of know where people like their spots and stuff like that. So I just make reads off of that and try to get them open shots or get myself some open shots. Um, Bob and I have talked about on broadcast that uh, this team, you don't have to comment on it. I'm not even going to look you in the face, but you and Caleb Fields should be first teamers in this, in this league. And we were talking uh, today – Jasper Floyd, to us, is the best point guard in the league. How, having been here before, how is it important, and it's not, gonna, not a knock on the guys who are here prior, how important is it for Floyd to be a part of this team, to, to help you and Caleb be the players they are? Yeah, he does everything. Um, rebounds, I think he's our leading rebounder. Assists, steals, uh, he can score if he wants to. He can score 20 if he wants to. Um, and he's just a great leader, a great person, and we kind of lean on him to, you know, keep the engine running. And he's just helped us so much with, um, like I said, his leadership and also um, his confidence in us as well. Have you ever been challenged as much as you have been challenged in practice this year? Because we hear time and time again that you guys, that could be some of the toughest basketball you'll play any given week just against each other in these practices. How much better has that made you, and how does it compare to previous seasons? Yeah, this season definitely the most competitive practice I've ever been a part of. Just starting from the summer, like, we've just been at each other. Uh, like, our new additions, Jasper, Louie, they pick up the intensity, like, so much more than I have experienced the previous years. And we just want to make each other better at the end of the day. And if that deals with uh, us pushing each other, you know, pushing each other's buttons and stuff like that. So be it as long as we win uh, on game day. You, um, to outward, uh, your outward appearance, you're cool, calm, collected, kind of unflappable. Do opponents try to get under your skin? Is it possible to get under your skin? I mean, it is. It's just people don't really talk to me, like trash talk me. Like if you trash talk me, I'm going to trash talk back. But like usually it doesn't happen like that. I, I can't see you as a trash talker. Are you, are you good at it? I am. When they talk to me, they don't want to talk to me. So. <laughs> Maybe the word is out that you're they a good stay trash away from talker. That, Jay, and that's probably a good move on their part. You don't, you don't want to. We've uh, had maybe you were one of them. I know Caleb for sure, and I'm, and I know Jasper for sure have described the four guards collectively all as as dogs, <laughs> a compliment. But beyond that, if you were to quickly give us a synopsis personality-wise, we just talked about you. You're a pretty cool character. But if you were to give us a quick synopsis personality-wise of the other three guards on this team, how would you do it? Jasper, I mean, the one where I could think of is just competitive. Like, he's just – he. He pushes everybody. doesn't matter who it is, teammates. He wants to keep everybody accountable. Um, I kind of say the same thing about Caleb Fields as well. He's just a, he's an experienced guard. Um, he just wants to win, so he's very intense as well. And Bryson, he's kind of he's kind of like my personality. He's a little bit laid back, but when it's time to really lock in, he's we always hear him talking. He you know pushes everybody as well. So uh, we just work well together. And, and again, I've said this a number of times uh, publicly. So I got here in '75, and I followed Fairfield basketball since then. 
Fairfield has never had four guards as good as the guards they have now. Heading down the stretch um, with that goal in mind, what do you think you guys need to do? I'm not saying better, but what what's on your checklist that you guys think that you need to do to uh, bring the uh, bring the trophy home? Um, I think the most important part is just being consistent, being level-headed as well, uh, not to get too high, not to get too low, and just always have that competitive spirit in our in ourselves. And I feel like if we just continue to do that and continue to hold other people accountable on our team as well, we can, you know, do some great things. You know, Jalen, I've got to ask you about your three-point shooting because, again, the improvement this season is remarkable. Um, off the top of my head, which is a dangerous place to go, before the month of February, you were right around 28%. So from, from November through the month of January, that was your percentage from deep. And this is considerable body work. The month of February, you shot, I think, well, actually, I have it here. You were, geez, <laughs> I'm, actually, I'm looking, I'm going, oh, my, it's, it was 60%. You shot 60% from three-point range in the month of February. This is 22 makes on uh, 37 attempts. Att again, an extraordinary improvement. What is it that accounts for going from here, as I hold my hand low, three-point percentage, to way up here? Yeah, it was just um, seeing them go in, obviously. I think I forgot the first game I had where I hit, I think, four in one game and just building – I think it was Manhattan, and I kind of just built it off that confidence. I stayed in the gym with Taj and the other guards as well. And, um, yeah, just having a lot of confidence in my shot, um, getting more threes up, most importantly. Like, I only – shooting maybe two a game now I'm shooting maybe four or five so yeah I just base it off of that yeah um again I keep saying this Bob and I talk about on the broadcast it's kind of the way to t let you know that I'm not just bsing I'm saying it publicly it took us only us uh Fairfield a year and a half to get this place Mahoney in terms of the fans and the excitement back to where it kind of should be do you feel that as you walk across campus, as you go to class? A hundred percent. hundred percent, especially with the new arena. I think or my sophomore year we were in the um, – I forgot. What was the arena called? Alumni. Oh, no, no, no. The Bridgeport, the one in Bridgeport. Oh, Webster Bank. Webster Bank. We yeah. changed names. Yeah, Webster Bank. Yeah. Every year so. We didn't really get great crowds like that. So just hear, getting the support from the student body and also the – you know, the county in general, people in Fairfield, the town, just give us a lot of support, and we just build it off of that, and it builds our confidence each game. But you walk through campus, you walk through town, and someone will say something to you? Probably, yeah. Probably. That's, that's a good thing. How about professors? That's always a good gauge. Yeah, you that'll get help. The professors involved in the conversation. Any of them uh, starting to give you feedback that you hadn't had? Yeah, some of them go to the games and stuff, and they say, you know, good game and stuff like that. You know, they're very supportive, and not even just the professor, the student body, and um, yeah, it's always appreciated. Yeah, I, I, you probably don't realize this because you're, you're young now, but, and certainly not going to criticize the teams before you, but you're laying the foundation with this team, what you're doing for future Fairfield teams. I got here because of the Johnny Ryans and the George Grooms and the Ray Kellys in the 70s, went to the NIT two years in a row, which was like going to the NCAA. And when Fairfield started recruiting me, I was like, yeah, I know these guys. So have you ever thought about that? I, I have uh, lately, especially with our younger guys like Matty Curtis and some of the freshmen that have redshirt. Um, I can tell they have a lot of confidence in us, and they feel like, 
you know, they're excited for the summer coming up, and obviously it helps with recruiting and stuff like that. So um, I guess that was a goal for sure, you know, to get to this place where, you know, people actually want to come to play basketball and, you know, build a great program. Well, how about you, Jalen? I'll put you on the spot here. Uh, where are you academically uh, towards your degree? And you have a year of eligibility left. Giving it, giving it a thought? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, I really thought too much about it. I'm just really focused on the season right now. But, um, yeah, academically, I'm pretty much done with my major and uh, finishing up my minor right now. Um, but, yeah, me and my parents have talked a little bit about it, but we're just focused on the season. Being uh, communications. Nice, very nice. Another guy after Joe's job. <laughs> uh, Glenn, one more for you. You've been around a lot of great programs, both at St. John's and at St. Francis. That's some great teams. Again, I want to speak to the strength of this team, the four guards, Jalen and Jasper. I think, you know, they can all score, um, but they're very unselfish. The ball moves better than any team I've ever been associated with. And that's a credit to them and to the system that coaches installed. Um, and I think when we get ball reversals, which we do, like I said, more than any team I've been associated with, we're very hard to guard when we move the defense. And we do it. We do it very well. Um, we got a guy like Jalen who can score at all three levels. Um, Bryson, Caleb, Jasper. Um, I think... It's a great combination, and the pieces fit. Uh, we've gotten, you know, our front court healthy. Um, and, and like I said, one thing that's very important, they're happy for each other's success. There's no animosity. There's no selfishness. There's no attitudes. And when you're in it and, and the stakes are high, that's very, very important. Um, and the other thing, I, I think they have pretty good basketball IQs. Like, you know, we, we, we tell them things and they kind of, they ask pertinent questions. Sometimes they say, see something before I see it. And they'll ask some and I say, wow, that's pretty good. You could be a coach. You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I think they're, they're just, they've been a fun group. They've really, to watch it go from the first practice I attended. And Joe, you were there. And when I looked at what was on the court and, you know, with all those guys injured and everything and all the, transformation and to to see it go from that to this it's just it's like a fairy tale and that's and why it, you guys are in coaching it's, it's, it's been this great is, this is why you it's do been it. a lot of fun and um, i'm just so happy for coach and for these kids and uh you know you learn about yourself when you fight through adversity and like everybody's saying oh if we go to the ncaa tournament we win the league is and I tell him, I said, you know, I think we got a shot to do that. I really do. I got a lot of confidence in these guys. But what we've just done is harder mm -hmm. to do. Mm -hmm. To go from one and six uh, to win 17 out of 21 and to be in first place in the league, that is harder. Joe knows the grind. That is harder to do. Now, we all want to do those other things. Yeah, but well. that is really harder to do. Well, people are leaving here very happy. And everybody – you know, we're certainly having a positive conversation about this team. There are some things to, to accomplish, no doubt, so we don't get ahead of ourselves. But you've lifted, you know, the spirit of this of of this program, of this the athletic department a lot. Just, uh, you know, I told Bob and Chris, you don't have to comment on this. Again, and this is only a compliment, we're expecting, like, when the quote, 
quote unquote bad teams come in that you're going to win by 20. You know, that's a good place to be. Yeah. Fans do, which isn't fair because right. it's never that easy, right. but fans do. Never. Um, you're right. I won't comment on that. <laughs> no, no, I know. I know what you would say. <laughs> I'm going to wrap things up in a second by asking Chris about the next game, which is always the most important game, but it's another nationally televised game, Jalen. It'll be the second straight nationally televised game you guys play in. It'll be on ESPNU. This one will uh, 7 o'clock against Marist on Friday. But you just came off that kind of a setting when you played uh, at Quinnipiac. And that game was just extraordinary. It was fun to watch, a great college basketball game. I have friends who are just college basketball fans, not necessarily Fairfield fans, who said to me, wow, that was that was a great game. What was it like as a player, and how much does that added hoopla of the nationally televised game, the big crowd, add to it? Yeah, that game was really fun, for sure. Um, I think it was sold out. Um, their student session was great. Um, our crowd support was actually really good, too, that I was surprised about. Um, and in terms of, like, the magnitude of those games, um, we don't really – well, I personally don't really, you know, pay too much mind to it being nationally televised. I'm just focused on it's a big game. You know, I got to play well to help our team win. And for us, we just – we get up for those type of games, especially against good teams like we were about to play on Friday. Um, we just want to win and show everybody how good we are. And, Chris, uh, talk about the next game, the most important game yeah. at Marist, the things you have to do well. I'll add to that, too, to what Jalen just said. Joel, appreciate this. I, I remember a while back uh, uh, reading a Derek Jeter interview, and they asked him about – you know, do you get nervous in the World Series? Like, And his response was this. He said, no, I really don't because I treat the first spring training game mm -hmm. like it's the first game of the World Series. And I, I treat every game the same. I prepare the same. I, I want to accomplish the same things. And, and I, I always remember that. And I always kind of had that mindset anyway. But I think that that's really important, you know, you prepare for things the right way, whether it's national TV or whether it's a, an empty gym. None of that matters. What matters is the work you put in and are you approaching it like it's the most important game ever. And then those types of atmospheres won't bother you at all. And I think our guys do a really good job of that. Like, they've done a great job. We're, Joe's right. We're having a lot of good conversation here and positive. And it, and it should be because these young guys have created something. They did it. Not me. Not Coach Breaker. Not – They've created something, and and they should be proud of that. Uh, and at the same time, they've done a great job of remaining grounding and realizing that, you know what, the next practice is the most important thing, and we prepare for that the right way. That's going to help us treat the game the right way. So, um, But to answer your question, next game, Bob, uh, you know, it should be a great one. They, they, they all are. Um, Marist is very good. Defensively, they're going to be good. Uh, it's going to be a physical game. Uh, they're going to try to keep it in the half court as much as possible. Uh, we want to get it going up and down as much as possible. Uh, it's a game where you go on the road uh, for this type of game. You have to be good with the basketball. You don't want to turn the ball over. Uh, and you want to be in attack mode. You know, you want to go in there and attack mode on both ends of the floor uh, and impose what you do on the game, not accept how they play the game. Um, so that's going to be important for us. And I, our guys, we had a great practice today. Our guys are uh, – they're looking forward to it. 
I feel like if somebody called them right now and said, hey, we're playing tonight, they'd have this stuff on. They'd be on a court in five minutes and, and be ready to go. Ready, Jay? Um, <laughs> and I love that about him. So we're, we're looking forward to playing. John Dunn does an outstanding job with his team. They're always very good and tough to play against, and, and we're looking forward to a great college basketball game. Sounds good. And um, we've reached that part of the podcast where I asked Joe, <laughs> any final words? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to clear my throat on this one. I was going to do my uh, imitation of an elephant, but I decided not to. <coughs> the elephant, elephant in the room. In the room yeah. Excuse me? It wasn't a good one, all right? It's not no, a good one. No. Your contract situation. Um, I'm kind of going to ask a lot of different things here. Do you feel worthy at this point of getting an extension, being the coach of the future? Um, 17 out of 21. Your team is fun to watch. The crowds have been great. It's getting late in the year. How important is it for you, um, you know, to get word that you're going to be the coach in the future? Have you thought about that, you, your wife, your daughters? I'm going to tell you my take. By now, and I hope this doesn't get me in trouble, you should have had at least your interim tag removed. And they have, should have deposited some extra money in your bank account. But that's just me having gone through the rigors of this whole craziness in college coaching, your thoughts on now, your conversation with your family, your staff, your thoughts on, you know, what you feel should happen, what do you want to happen, boom. Yeah, I I think a couple things on that, Joe. Um, the first thing is I'm not going to lie to you and say it hasn't popped into my head. I'm, I'm human, so it's going to. Um I think I love this university. Uh, I am absolutely having a blast uh, coaching this team, uh, working with the staff that we have, uh, being around the fans and, and the people that come to the games and, and the community in general and talking to them. Uh, and we all want to be here. The staff all wants to be here. Uh, we really feel like, you know, the entire program, players, coaches, support staff, um, have begunning, begun creating something that can really springboard here, and I know it can. Um, we make all the right moves. I know it can. Uh, so we're really hopeful that we're here. You know, we want to be here. Uh, we want to continue to coach these guys, and we want to continue to coach in this atmosphere. Um, I don't have any control over that. So, you know, right now what I do have control over, that's going to pop into my head and you know, I'll think about it for a, a very brief period of time, and then I'll move it on to the next thing I can do with this team. Um, so that that's pretty much how I've approached that um, and how I'm going to continue approach it. So I'm going to ask you another sharp question then. Um, I talked about the interim tag being removed, maybe getting a little bonus for what you've done. Has there any been any words or anything of encouragement thrown at you from the administration here at Fairfield? Uh, the administration, uh, the people around the program that support it have all been extremely supportive of it. Um, you know, we all get constant text messages, um, you know, face-to-face -face contact with people at the games, uh, and they've been extremely supportive uh, of it. Um, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to go into what conversations we've had, what conversations we haven't right. had. Um, but I will say this, and, and it's it's what makes you want to be in this atmosphere. Everybody has taken time to contact each of us on the staff 
and and just say uh, thank you and keep going. And we're right there with you. And it's been fun to watch and 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 all those things. And uh, you know that that just helps us. You know, you get up the next day and you feel like, yeah, we, this is great. And and that's why I hope we're able to continue it because I, I really do believe that we're we make all the right moves here, I feel like we can really springboard this thing and, and create what everybody wants. Well, I know how uh, two other people in this room feel about it. I'm not going to put either of them on the spot, but I do want to thank Glenn Breika uh, for being a guest of ours Thanks today. You've been a tremendous addition to the staff, and it's been a pleasure being around you uh, all season with hopefully uh, the best yet to come. And Jalen, you two are a, a pleasure not only to watch but to spend time with. So thanks for spending time with us today. And I'll do it for this edition of Open Court with Fairfield coach Chris Casey. Next up for the Stags, another nationally televised matchup, as we talked about, at Marist Friday night at 7 on ESPNU. And then the Stags are back at Mahoney Arena for the home finale. Yep, the last home game of the season. Takes place Thursday, March 7th against Canisius. Season finale, March 9th. That's a Saturday at Mount St. Mary's. Our next podcast drops during MAC Tournament Week, available about March 12th. So you, know, you can listen to the podcast on your drive down to Atlantic City. So for Chris Casey and our special guests, Glenn Breika and Jana Leach, and for the Fairfield Hall of Famer, Joe DeSantis, and our special podcast engineer today, stepping in for Wyatt Dorsey, uh, Dorsey Wyatt Dossey, who is on the disabled list. Thank you, Drew Kingsley, for stepping in in a tough spot. Anyway, I'm Bob Houston. We want to thank you all for listening to Open Court.